Hi, singles! Welcome to the Big Fridays podcast. B1G, or Be One with God, is a community of singles whose mission is to pursue the real purpose of life. I hope this message inspires you to seek, honor, love, and serve God. Good evening, everyone. How are you today? So we went through unforgiveness, and we went through pride, and then today's topic, envy. And here's the, oh, it's nothing. I just want it all. What do you guys think of when you think of envy? Envy. Desiring something you see in someone else. And what is envy? Here is the definition. It is a feeling of discontent or resentful longings aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, and in the world, they use the word luck. So what are the things you are discontented about? What are the things you are envious about? We'll talk about that in a second. There's a quote here by John Piper. He says, envy is what? A universal threat to our joy and our concern for other people. So how many people here have ever felt discontented or envy? And for those of you online, how many of you have ever felt discontent or envy? Raise your hand. And so those who are not raising your hand, I'm going to ask you to come up and speak, okay? <laughs> because all of us, right, all of us have experienced discontent or envy. What are things you are envious of? Here are some quotes. I found this on Quora. Right now, at this stage in my life, I feel so discontent, sad, and a whole lot of other negative vibes. How do I feel better about myself? These are random quotes. People ask these questions online. I constantly feel discontent with everything in my life. My finances, my partner, my looks. Feels like they can be better. How do I stop? How about you guys? What have you been discontented about in the last year? Anyone? You can shout it out. Anything? What? Looks? You say looks? Okay, looks. What else? No, that's one, right? You know my brother, he's more guapo. He's taller, he's thinner, he's, he's everything better than me. Parang na-upgrade siya, ako version one. Um, <laughs> it's, it's okay, right? Uh, how about you guys? You know, uh, a phone, right? See a nice phone, I like that phone. And then next year, I like that phone. And then I like that phone. You know, Apple released a new watch, and I'm looking at it the new Apple Watch, but it's very expensive. Um, but that's technology. How about other things? Huh? What did you say? Savings? Yeah, right? We want more, more money, right? So many things, right? You look online, you look at what people are doing. You know, my kids on our way here today, we have a, ba a cat, also known as Pusa. And the cat gave birth to... Six, no, five now. There's five. What are baby cats? Because I know dogs is tuta. Kitten. Kitten. <laughs> five kittens. I don't know in Tagalog. What is in Tagalog? Kuting. Kuting. Meow. So we have five kittens. And you know what they are discontented about? They are arguing who will name which kitten. I want the white one. I want the one that has many colors. And then they're arguing. Me first, me first. So always, right? Discontented. We have, 
we have more kittens than we have children, but they're still fighting over this. So it is a universal thing, discontentment. So why do we feel envy or discontentment? Before I jump into this, I'm going to open us in prayer. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that today as we unpack this DNA, do not allow envy or discontentment, that you would speak through me again, Lord. Uh, use me, override my preparation, um, purify my motives. And I pray for everyone here that you would bless them and encourage them and everyone online listening that they would also uh, grow together with us, Lord. So thank you. We give you all the glory. We ask you for all the help. May your Holy Spirit speak to all of us and everyone online. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So why do we feel envy or discontentment? The obvious first reason is what? Now, comparison. Do you know this feeling? You're looking and you see something and you want it, right? And, and why do we compare so much today? What's unique about our life today? Social media, right? Uh, the internet. You see everything everyone's doing. Everyone wants to be, uh, 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 what's it, what do you call it? a influencer? Because influencers can go to places and do things and get freebies, right? Everyone's supposed to post a freebie. And then there's TikTok and, and, you know, everyone's showing the best side of their life. Do you post your ugly, you know, when you look ugly on TikTok? You don't usually. You only post when you look good, right? And you know the angle. You look good. There's a certain side of your face and the, the angle of your arms where it doesn't look chunky, right? There's all these things people learn. Um, for me, I, I, you know, I, I used to have um, braces. Before I had braces, I had a tooth here. And this tooth was bent in, so I didn't like to smile on this side. I like to smile on this side so you don't see the tooth. But that's an example, right? And we compare. Another thing is, is the lack of gratitude. And these are just some of the most basic reasons why we are envious, why we are discontented. And we'll talk a little bit more about it. So in comparison, right, there's a quote by Theodore Roosevelt. He said, comparison is the thief of joy. I know, when you compare, and the root of comparison is you are not uh, satisfied with who you are, and you want to look, and you always want to be that, I want that, I want that, and, and it's all over the place, and today, I told you guys, with social media, it's very hard not to compare. Just turn on your phone, and you compare, and you know, I find myself uh, comparing with, with people, even if I don't know who they are. The other day, <laughs> I saw the ad. Do you guys see the ad? Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. Did anyone watch that? Yes? Those who didn't see it, you know, um, Deadpool is coming back with Wolverine. And you know, Ryan Reynolds, I'll be honest, if I had a man crush, it's Ryan Reynolds because he is so awesome. He has a business. He's good looking. He's so cool. He can sing. You know, he does all this stuff. And so sometimes I look at myself, I'm like, well, I don't look like Ryan Reynolds. Like, what can I do, right? And it's really hard. You know, I, I, so it's tough. Now, I'm sure all of you, you know what you compare to, who you compare to. And if you're not careful, it's this comparison, right, that, that robs our joy. And then lack of gratitude. Look at this verse. This is Romans 1. And Romans 1 talks about the fall of man the fall of mankind, and in the beginning of man's fall, look at what it says, for even though they knew God, they what? 
they did not honor him as God or what? Give thanks. But they became futile in their reasoning and their senseless hearts were darkened. So at the beginning, one of the first sins of man is they didn't honor God and then they didn't give thanks. It's to not really appreciate who and what God is in our lives. And that's one of the greatest issues we have. That's the beginning of the lack of gratitude. And we're going to look now, we're going to dive into a lot of verses. We're going to study the Israelites. And the Israelites, the Bible was written as an example to all of us. So let's look at the Israelites. And if you guys go to your Bible, and you can just read on my, my verses here, but Exodus 14 is what? Exodus 14 is when the Israelites, what do you think happened? What's, what's the picture? They, yeah, they crossed the Red Sea. It was a great victory, right? God saved them. They were so worried they're going to die, and suddenly God saved them from the Egyptians. And at the end of Exodus 14 and Exodus 15, they sing a song of, like, praise. If you look at Exodus 15, the first verses, it's a song. The whole first so many verses. And they're happy. But look what happens in 15 verse 22. It says, they went three days where? In the wilderness, and they found no water. What is happening to the Israelites? So after all of this victory, they went where? In the wilderness. This is an important word because think of your lives, and many of you, if you just came to know the Lord, there's probably a moment of joy, not just a moment, weeks and months of joy. But if you've been a Christian for a long time, how many of you here have been a Christian for more than five years? Raise your hand. There's a bunch of you, right? What happens? Sometimes you go through a wilderness. In fact, almost all of us do. And in the wilderness, there's no water. It's a, it's a difficult time. So you put yourselves in this. In, sometimes we read the Israelites and we say, I'll never do that. But, but think about your own life. And what happens when they were in the wilderness? They came to Mara. So there's a place and there's water in Mara, but guess what? The water is bitter. They can't even drink it. So what happens to the people? They grumbled at Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Maybe look at our own lives, right? This happens to us. God teaches us great things, we're excited, and then we live and we're hopeful. And then we run into a wilderness, and we're like, what's going on? Where am I going to drink, Lord? What's going to happen to me? What happened to my wallet? Where's my funds? Where is my fun? Where is my um, future spouse? Where is this? Where is that? You know, and the list goes on and on and on. And they, we grumble. They cried out to the Lord. Oh, no, this is Moses. I, I jumped a verse, so... They complained to Moses, and then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, and he threw it in the water, and the water became sweet. So the people were able to drink, and look at this. They came to Elim. What's Elim? They were in a place where there were 12 springs, 12 and 70 date palms. Sounds like paradise. So they're like, yes, this is our God. This is where I'm supposed to be. So these people, they went through wilderness, they grumbled, they were unhappy, they were discontented, they were envious, whatever it is. Then God 
delivers them, and now they're happy. Uh, but let's keep reading. Verse 16, you know, the Bible is amazing. It really teaches us about ourselves. In verse 16, they set out from where? Elim. And all the congregation of the sons of Israel went to where? To the wilderness of sin. What, what, what do you see? Where did they go again, guys? Where? Wilderness. How many of you know what it feels like to be in the wilderness, right? They're in the wilderness. And this one's funny. They call it the wilderness of sin. That's actually a place. But the whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled because they were in the wilderness again. So they forgot already that one, God saved them from the Egyptians. They forgot that two, they had no water before and now they had water and then now they're in the wilderness again. And look at what they say. Look at their grumbling. It's so powerful. If only we had died at the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we had pots of meat, when we ate bread until we were full, for you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill us and this entire assembly with hunger. You know, listen to what they're saying, right? They're saying if only we had died in Egypt because there was lots of food. It's kind of interesting that people do this, right? We, we, may, we laugh at them. But are we very different? Maybe we don't say these words, but what happens in our hearts when we don't have what we want? Oh, Lord, if only I had that. You know, ask yourself, if the thing you really want today was given to you tomorrow, would you really be happy for the rest of your life? Would you never become discontented again? And that's a question we need to ask ourselves, and we'll get there. And then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. So God hears them, and he does something. What happens? So Moses said to Aaron, to all the sons, Moses and Aaron said to the sons of Israel, in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, but here's the warning. He says, for he hears your grumblings against the Lord. So one point I want to make for you guys from the example of the Israelites is this. When you grumble, when you are discontented, who are you discontented to? The Bible tells us when we grumble about life, even though we might be grumbling about someone or to someone, ultimately, we are grumbling against our Lord. It says here, Moses said, this will happen when the Lord gives you meat and eat, to eat in the evening, the bread to the full of the morning and bread to the full in the morning. For the Lord hears your grumblings, which you grumble against him. So remember this. When we grumble or we're discontented, it is actually against God. I'm not saying you shouldn't feel down, but, but be aware of when your heart is grumbling, who it's grumbling against. And what are we? Your grumblings are not against us, but against the Lord. And guess what? God heard them, and he gave them manna for how many years? For 40 years, they had food in the desert until they got to the land of Canaan. But what happened to those Israelites? And just to show you how funny they are and how much alike we are, in chapter 17, again, they were in, oh, did I miss, uh-oh, this one should not be. Is this the one? Yeah. In verse 17, then all the congregation of the sons of Israel journeyed by stages 
from the wilderness of sin. Yeah, so they journeyed away from the wilderness. So I was confused. According to the command of the Lord, and they camped at Rephidim, and there was no water again. So when they don't have what they're looking for, what happened? They quarreled with Moses again. Give us water. And Moses said, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. And again, they said this, why is it that you have brought us out of, from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So I'm done the verses from the Old Testament, but I want you to see the example of the Israelites and ask ourselves, why do we become discontented? What are the things that happen in our life? First, we compare, but ultimately, we forget what God has done. So we, we don't have gratitude. And this happens again and again, right? Because we focus on what we don't have today. And we'll talk about the further dangers of discontentment. What happened to the Israelites in Exodus 32? They actually worshipped another god. They created an idol. James 3.16 is so powerful. For where you have envy, which is like discontentment or, you know, um, jealousy, and selfish ambition, what happens? There you find disorder and every evil practice. Do you know why this series is so special? Because many of these sins we don't think about. You know the obvious sins? Don't give in to lust, pornography, don't give in to um, this and that, you know. Uh, we talk about those sins, right? But this sin, envy, it's a hidden one. A, you know, the discontentment in the heart. And the Bible tells us that sin, even small sins, what they do, nanganak. It's like a kitten. Our cats, we, we have a cat. My wife's, you know, you know why we have so many cats in our house? My wife saved cats during the pandemic. So she saved that white cat, and the white cat has given birth to many cats. So I don't know. Anyone here want kittens? We can give them away. We really do. Are you envious for kittens? If you are, we have a lit liter, liter, can't even pronounce it, kuting. Anyway, uh, sin begets more sin. Nanganak ang kasalanan. So the small sins in your life, guys, the ones you think, this is a small sin, you know what? Be careful. I've experienced it, and I don't say this judgmentally. My small sins, they tend to bring other sins along. So envy and discontentment will lead to other sins. And you know small sins? They do something. They rob the joy of the Lord in our life. And you don't remember anymore what happened. You forgot. You know, when you first became a Christian, you were so excited. You loved the Lord so much. And then something happened. And you're trying to figure out what happened. And I'll tell you what happened. You allow small sins to fester and, and, and divide your heart away from the Lord. Even if you're not thinking about it, they have led you away. So how do we deal with discontentment or envy as we get to the, before we get to our sharing? First, obvious, stop comparing. Second, be grateful. And we'll talk about this. And I have a third one, which is my surprise, is I will share a different perspective about these things. We'll talk about it. So verse, stop comparing. I love this verse. Psalm 139, 13 to 14. And uh, let's read it. Can you guys read it with me? For you created my innermost parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you. Why? Because I am awesomely and wonderfully made. 
Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. Do not look to social media or others or wherever else you look to compare. You want to know who you are? You look at God's word. And, and I, I really mean this. Everyone here is more than special. You know, the thank you, whoever said that, amen. You know, in Lego uh, movie, right? Do you remember Lego movie one? The special. And remember at the end, he's the, <laughs> what's his name? What, Tegan, what's the, who's the normal guy? What's he called? Everything is awesome guy? Huh? Emmett. Emmett is telling Mr., what's his name? The big guy? Do you remember his name? President. Mr. President. Yeah, or, huh? Sorry. Whoever he is. <laughs> so rude. Everyone online is, who's he talking to? You know, he's like, you're, you're the special, right? And, you know, God is telling you, you are special. It's not to become proud and say, oh, me, I'm special. I'm, you know, I'm like Ryan Reynolds. No, it's, you're special because God made you unique. And God made you in his image to do something with him, for him, and through him. In your life, and we'll talk about special as we get towards the end, you, you can only really understand your specialness if you understand what Jesus has done for you. Without Jesus, it's an empty special. Everyone can say you're special. All the books you read will tell you you're special. But God tells you why you're special in a way that will change your heart forever. So, so you are unique, so you don't have to compare. Second, be grateful. And how do we think of gratefulness? So there's a quote, gratitude turns what we have into enough. Again, the world will tell you to be grateful. They give you all these wonderful quotes. God tells us, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, rejoice always, pray continually. So we need God's help. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You notice that Christ Jesus is attached to it. It doesn't just say rejoice always, period. It says in Christ Jesus. And we'll talk about that in, in the last part, the change of perspective. But remember that. It's so important to be grateful. And I'm going to tell you to be grateful, and then I will show you how uh, after the sharing. But here's some ideas. Gratefulness is best experienced when? Today. It's today, right? Because if you... If you think of the past, you can regret the past, and that's difficult. If you worry about the future, you'll be anxious. But, but you can be grateful today. And you can be grateful today for the things of the past that God has done. So, so remember that, right? And, and keep a list. So for you guys who have journeyed with the Lord, do you have a journal of things God has done? So on the days when you feel a little down, you can open it. And it's like your memorial stones in your life. And maybe someday, should God bless you with children, you will read it to them. This is the journey of my life. This is what I'm grateful to God for. And these are stories you can tell your children, and maybe they'll remember and say, you know, this is what my parents told me about who God is. So be grateful. You notice the Israelites, they never remember. They, they never said, Moses, it's hard in the wilderness, but I remember that God gave us water last year. Can you pray to God for water again? They would not do that. They would just complain and whine and whine and whine. They've forgotten God, right? So be grateful. 
So before we go into the solution number three, Mr. Ibanez, please come up and uh, give your testimony. So everyone, welcome Migo Ibanez. Good evening. I spent my early youth growing up in what I used to consider to be a happy family. My mom was a dedicated teacher and my dad was a hardworking lawyer. My childhood was filled mostly with smiles, travels, and very beautiful memories. However, it all took a turn when my parents, due to their irreconcilable differences, separated when I was in first grade. Because of this, I grew up very insecure and envious of families that were whole and seemed very happy. To compensate, at a young age, I would constantly seek satisfaction from gaming, women, pornography, and substance abuse. Each passing year, the more worldly validation I sought, the deeper to sin I lunged. All this time, I continued to remain envious of the lives of my rich batchmates who seemed to have whole, happy families. I constantly victimized myself, believing that life was extra unfair to me and that God didn't love me as much as He loved other people. These lies led me to several bouts of anxiety and depression where I ideated taking my life multiple times. Things continued to take a downward turn as I got diagnosed with alcoholism, dropped out of college, and soon after, my father passed away. I consider this God's first major wake-up call in my life. Since my dad was the main source of our finances, I felt I had to shape up in order to survive. I then turned from just a regular pleasure chaser to a very disciplined pleasure chaser. By God's grace, I was able to work hard enough to re-enter my dream university, and while I was finishing my degree, I got involved in the network marketing industry where I channeled all my energy into making a name for myself. I eventually became the youngest director of my company. This allowed me to receive a lot of recognition and respect from my peers. I also bought my dream car, went on dream travels, and lavished myself and my mom with material possessions. However, as much as I thought I would be finally happy and content, I just wanted more. Despite all the wonderful things I had, I never stopped focusing on what I lacked and continued to fixate on what I wanted more of. In my desire for conquest, I got into investments very aggressively. The enemy deceived me into thinking that everything I got involved with would end up profitably. I then boastfully used my credibility to convince my peers to ride along my investments, reassuring them that I knew perfectly well what I was doing. One thing led to another, and at the age of 25, I found myself deeply in a multiple seven-figure debt. I felt like I was at a dead end and could not see the light at the end of the tunnel. Thankfully, my business mentor was an active CCF goer and invited me to CCF Sunday services and Big Fridays while all of this was happening. Change was not overnight, but seeds were being planted as I started hearing God's truth. Not gonna lie, it hasn't been easy, but through the work of the Holy Spirit and proper discipleship, God has brought me through six years without porn and self-gratification. He has also allowed me to faithfully pay off my debts, restore and further enlarge my business, 
and start an online Bible study in my organization, which eventually bore into several D groups. Praise God. The best part is, I was able to bring my mom to a CCF Sunday service where she surrendered her life to Jesus as well. There have been many miracles ever since I surrendered my life to God. But to be honest, these peaks also came with dark valleys, including the death of my mom. Many times in my journey, I have been tempted to compare my life with worldly success, abandon my faith, and just revert back to my pleasure-seeking ways. But God is gracious in reminding me to count my blessings and that He is always faithful, even when I am faithless. Everything I am tempted to be envious of will pass, but God's promises will remain forever. Today, I'm definitely still a work in progress with much to improve. My heart is still depraved and rebellious in many ways, but if I am to be confident in anything, it is in the fact that I am a child of God and that is worth far more than any worldly achievement, success, and status. As it is written in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 31, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. I am Migo Ibanez, once a lost soul on the highway to hell, but now a son of the Most High, redeemed, restored, and transformed for His greater glory. Glory to God. Thank you, Migo. What a great story. I'll pray for you. By the way, Migo is tall, uh, good-looking, and uh, like a Ryan Reynolds. So uh, I'm really blessed by your story. Thank you. And uh, wow. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you uh, for Migo and uh, what you've done in his life. And I thank you for the testimony he has and how encouraging it is, Lord. And I, I just pray for him, Lord, that you would continue to work in his life in all the areas uh, that are going on. Um, from his personal to his emotional and spiritual and even his career. I pray you bless him, Lord. Let him uh, glorify you. And, and as he shared, may he boast in you, Lord. And I pray for the things that are going on that I don't know, that you take care of that, Lord. So thank you for Migo. I pray for his discipleship family, the people he's uh, impacting, his company, that they would experience your grace through his life. Use him and fill him and, and bless him in so many ways. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Uh, amen. Thank you, Migo. Thank you for sharing. So, so honored. Um, so what, what an amazing testimony. So as we wrap up, right, I can wrap up there. I, I want to pull the curtain back a little behind these things I shared. And, and what I mean is this. Remember I asked the question, if, if you got what you want... If the thing you are most discontented about was given to you tomorrow, what would happen? Well, it depends on what's going on in here. So let's say you're longing for money, and tomorrow you have a million pesos. What would happen? Or you're longing for a spouse or a family, and you have all that. What would happen? Well, I'll tell you, the reality is this, right? Even the best things in life, apart from God, will sooner or later leave a hole, somewhere, somehow. There's a song uh, called Photograph, and I won't sing it, but it's a very cute song. It's by Cody something, and I heard it at a wedding, and it, it really pulls on your emotional strings, because it's a story of a man who's watching his 
future spouse, and he's, he notices her by the window, and he says, if I, if I wish myself a superpower, I would make this moment last forever. And that's, that's all we can offer in this world. Because without God, nothing lasts. I look at my children, and I think to myself, I can't keep them young forever. They're so cute and sweet, and then someday they'll be fighting with daddy. But you know the idea, right? Anything we want in this life without God, nothing lasts. And it's kind of a morbid view of this world. But this is important because the root of our discontentment is usually we want something. But we don't realize that if we get what we want, we're still going to be discontented. Because unless we know what we really ought to want, it's not going to work out in the end. And that's why St. Augustine said this, the essence of sin is disordered love. To fall in love with God is the greatest romance. To seek Him is the greatest adventure. And to find Him is the greatest human achievement. And those of you who know what I'm saying understand that apart from God, there is no true lasting contentment. And that's why we must learn to fix our disordered loves. How do we fix it? So Kevin Paul Scott, who, who wrote something about St. Augustine, says, our problem isn't that we love the wrong things. It is often that we love the right things, but in the wrong order. And there must be an order to our loves. And we need help to fix it. As was shared earlier, without God's help, we cannot fix it. We need God to fix it. How do we fix the order of the loves in our heart? Well, we can't. God needs to fix it. I'm going to share with you some verses. John 6, 27, 32 to 34. Listen to what the people, or what Jesus said to the people. Do not work for food that perishes. But for what? For the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. There is food that will last how long? For eternal life. There is food that will last forever. It comes from Jesus Christ. Jesus said to them, and if you read this passage, he's talking about, he's referencing the Old Testament that we read earlier when the Jews were looking for food in the wilderness. Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you what? The bread out of heaven. Because they refer to manna as the bread out of heaven. And by the way, back then they didn't eat a lot of meat. And so bread was the source of life. But it is my Father who gives you what? The true bread out of heaven. And what is this true bread? They said, so they said, Lord, we want this. Always give us this bread. And this is one of my favorite verses. John 6, 35. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The one who comes to me will what? Not be hungry. And the one who believes in me will never be thirsty. There is a contentment that lasts. And it is found where? In Jesus. 
How, how does it connect with everything? Well, when you understand that Jesus was broken so that you could be made full, and Jesus um, thirsted on the cross so you can live a life without thirst. When you grab that truth in your heart, when Jesus redeems you, right? When God redeems you, we learn in, in church, right? How are we saved? By God's grace. Who chose us? The Bible says from the foundation of the world, God chose us. And he chose us to what? To respond to him and to surrender and say, yes, I will follow you. And that is your grace in my life. When you understand that, something in our heart should change. And if it doesn't, you ask God. There's a love that, that bubbles up and it should slowly bubble through everything. It should become like the spring that never ends. And every other system in the world, every self-help book, even my first slides will tell you to become better, to not, to not be, what's the word here, envious. Do this, do that. What did I say? Be grateful. I said, don't compare. But see, I'm telling you something to do. But only Jesus says, I am God, come to get you and love you so that you can have me and in me you have the way, the truth, and the life. See, Christianity is different. It's not us grabbing God, it's God grabbing us and then changing us and us responding in, in joyful surrender. So pray, ask God for this. And when, when that happens, guess what? your loves, they will reorder. Because you will remember, yes, I want that phone, or yes, I want to get married, but more than anything, I want who? I have what I'm looking for. It's you, and it's in Jesus Christ. It's not this God who exists in a vacuum somewhere. It's God who came to earth to die for my sins because he loves me so much. And you have that. And when you have that, you know you're okay. You're not okay for just for now, but you're okay forever. And who knows what God has for you in eternity. So as we close, here is my last verse. This is my prayer for all of you. For this reason, what did he say? Paul says, he's writing to Christians, I bend my knees before the Father that he would grant you. So it's from God, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit where? in the inner self, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to what? Comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the, the length, the height, and the depth of what? To know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled to all the fullness of God. So singles, don't hunger less. Don't mute your hunger, hunger more. But hunger in the right order. Put Jesus first, hunger for him by his grace, and then all the things you want in life, keep seeking them. It's not wrong. It's not wrong to want to get married. It's not wrong to want to have children. It's not wrong to, to, to want to have a healthy balance sheet. But if God is always first, 
when you have children, you won't worship them. I will not burden my children with my joy. When you get married, you will not be dependent on your wife for your happiness. When you get money, you will not let money become an idol. And if you don't have it, you also won't be in despair. So you, you chase life with an open hand. And you do your best because God says, do everything for me, but you're free. You're free to be happy today, tomorrow, every moment because you have what matters most. Does that make sense? It all comes together, right, in Jesus Christ. And that's the beauty of the cross. So singles, let us all uh, bow our heads and I will pray for you that you may do this. So with your heads bowed, um, if there's anyone here who doesn't know Jesus yet, that's the first step. I'll say a short prayer. If there's anyone online watching and you, you don't have Christ, um, the way, the truth, and the life, let me pray for you. Dear Lord, um, I need you. I have been discontent all my life, thinking that if I work hard enough or get that promotion or that person or that wife or that family, I will be happy, not realizing um, it's you that I need. So Lord, I pray that you become my everything. That Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Thank you that you reached out to me to save me. It is all by your grace and I surrender my heart and my life. I make you my Lord, my Savior, both now and till forevermore. Now for everyone here and those who just prayed that, I want to pray the prayer of Paul. I pray that God would grant you each of you here, according to the rich of his, riches of his glory, that you would be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner self. So that as Christ dwells in your heart through faith, being rooted and grounded in love, you may be able to comprehend what is the width, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses all knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And in experiencing that, you will not envy, you will not be discontent, but you will find joy every moment in Jesus Christ. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Singles, to God be the glory. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's big podcast. Were you blessed by the message? Here are the discussion questions to help you process more. When was the last time you felt envious or discontent towards a person or situation? How did it affect how you acted during that time? Number two, what are some of your key takeaways from tonight's sharing? And number three, from your learnings from tonight, what are some heart checks and concrete steps that you can take to avoid the pitfalls of envy and discontentment? Like and subscribe to the Big Ministry Facebook and YouTube pages to keep you updated. That's B1G Ministry on both YouTube and Facebook pages. Together, let's be one with God.